Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Either hot 
or cold because uh, if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out. And if that happens, God is not going to spit you out and then you're going to be on his side. No. He's going to spit you out to the other side. You're going to have to make it your business to decide to be on his side. Okay? Because that's the whole problem. That's why he's spitting you out. Because, you know, you haven't decided to just be on his side. You can't be on his side and then be on the other person's side. And you know who that other side is. All right? So, come on. you got to get yourself together now. Make up your mind. Decide to stay whose side are you on who you will serve. All right? All righty. Now, let's talk about it Tuesday. Uh, rolled around. And we got to talking about those crazy, hey, gang members. Yeah. That Jeff. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jeff who's in charge of that gang in Haiti out in Port-au-Prince. Yeah, they ended up massacring quite a bit of church members from Pastor Marco's church, the Evangelical Pool of Bethesda Church. Yeah, well, unfortunately, Pastor Marco and his church members decided to go on over to the town of Canaan and, you know, drive the gang members out with machetes and sticks and this is a typical, typical uh, time when you cannot take a knife to a gunfight and they ended up shooting the church members and really leaving a bloody street and many families with dead family members. And it really, really a bad situation. You know, and we, we got to talking and, you know, the pastors said you can't fight carnal, you know, on that level if you're not going in there with the right tools. You know, you can't, you know, do these kind of things and expect to win. You know, and it really wasn't a smart move at all to go up against that level, you know, of, um, let's say, criminals, (laughs) if you will. You know, we really got to be smarter about this, and we really pray for the people of Haiti that they, you know, are healed and comforted by, you know, this occurrence because that was really not something that they should have been doing. And, you know, now you've left a big mess to a lot of families out there. Yeah. Well, wow, Wednesday rolled around. And, uh, Our socially conscious was a little bit different today as we talked about the Burger King establishment, Taco Bell, Wendy's, and McDonald's who are all up against lawsuits right now because people are feeling, yes, their customers are feeling like they're being cheated 
yeah, the uh, signs and the boards that display their merchandise, such as the Whopper and other sandwiches. When you buy the sandwiches, they are nowhere near those sizes, and the judge has decided that he will let a jury decide whether these establishments have been deceiving and cheating their customers. Yeah. So this was uh, a little different because, you know, who would have thought? Who would have thought that uh, the judge would have pushed that one across the table? But he did. But he did. Well, the ladies got our conversation started about the biggest turn off uh, that men have itemized smoking was at the top of the list. They said that this particular item was mentioned over and over and over again. And the fact of the matter is a man does not want to see his woman smoking. A cigar, a blunt, or anything else. <laughs> yeah, you know. He also listed doesn't want an unhealthy woman. Now, you know, that kind of took us into our Thursday, therapeutic Thursday conversation. And we extended it to show that although men can be fickle and although we need to make sure that we're focusing on, you know, just being right for the Lord and then, you know, other things will fall into place. We do have to understand that God is not happy with these things either and we need to be concerned about some of these things and some of these things are biblical. Um, The men also listed fussiness, which could also be uh, uh, termed as nagging And nagging is in the Bible Yes it's, I mean the Bible says It is better to live in a desert Than to be with a nagging wife Wow Yeah You know Well some of the things here Were actually on You know in the Bible rather So, you know, we do have to realize that not only do men not want these things, but God warns us about these things as well. And that's how we spend our Wednesday and our Thursday. You know? All right, now. Well, today, today is Freestyle Friday. And we get to do whatever it is we want to do. Well, generally on Fridays, we talk about men. And we talk to the men. Ha <laughs> ha! Yes, 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 yes. We get to hear from the men. And uh, today is no different. So let's get this party started. Let's uh, go get that healthy breakfast. Let's go tell somebody that. It's due time when Pastor Steph is on, and whatever you do, whatever you do, don't go anywhere, because we will be right back. You've probably heard about the benefits of breastfeeding for your baby, but did you know that there are health benefits for you as well? Women who breastfeed have less risk of breast and ovarian cancer and have less postpartum depression. 
breastfeeding also helps women recover faster. Breastfeeding is natural for you and your baby, but there are some skills you can learn that can make it easier. So speak up. Ask questions about breastfeeding before your baby is born and while you're in the hospital. A public service message brought to you by the Joint Commission and the Newborn Channel. you get into it, it's not all that easy. 
it's pretty much a doggy dog world. There's a lot of pressure behind, you know, the scenes and things like that. And not only is there a lot of pressure, but there's a lot of pressure in regards to who you're around, a lot of expectation. If you don't get with the right crowd, you're going to end up really hanging with the wrong people. And we have really seen a lot of struggling, a lot of struggling entertainers. And, excuse me, one of the things that a lot of them struggle with is alcohol and, and substance abuse. And thanks be to God, we have, you know, seen a lot of them fall, but we've seen a lot of them rise. So there are some entertainers that I didn't even know struggled, and there was an article out, and, you know, we didn't do a pray for them yesterday, but we're going to give God thanks today for you know, certain individuals who have admitted to their struggles, whether we knew about it or not, they've admitted to what they've gone through in secret sometimes. Sometimes the stuff is poured all out in front of the public. And then we have others who've kind of, you know, hidden behind, you know, the veil. And, you know, maybe there was just talk or rumor but nobody really knew for sure. Maybe they were out of the limelight for a little bit. But we have a list here of, again, entertainers who have, you know, fallen victim to, you know, this, uh, again, substance abuse, alcohol abuse. And now they're celebrating sobriety. So we want to celebrate sobriety with them. Okay. Well, Ari Lennox, she is looking great. They say she announced that she uh, has been seven months, at least seven months sober. And she said she revealed that she passed out in public and her emotions were not, you know, in its best place. But now she is more stable. Things are in control. She is happy. She is safe. And she's accepting her, you know, her fall. And now she's celebrating her sobriety. Bobby Brown, one who has not been out of the public's eye, you know, pretty much all his life. And... Excuse me. We've seen quite a bit of his struggle in front of, you know, the media. And the media has definitely made it their business to expose him and his ex-wife, Bobby Brown. Unfortunately, he's lost two children to substance abuse. But Bobby Brown is still hanging in there, by the grace of God. And he said, you know, being an addict was really hard. 
and he said, you just don't know you're an addict until it gets worse and worse and worse. And uh, he's just happy to be on this side of sobriety. I don't know if you all know this, um, know this, but he is a chef. He has some cookbooks out. He has like some cookbooks and stuff that talk about your health. And um, in other words, like um, clean cooking and things like that, you know, that's constantly been in the uh, in the limelight. So it's nice to see the switch, you know, between the alcoholism and the drug abuse to now him not only living a clean life, but him, like, helping others live a healthy life. So, giving God thanks for that. Jada Pinkett Smith. Wow, I had no idea that, you know, she she had any struggle. You know, I don't know if you know her mom was an addict for decades. And if you were to see her mother now, that woman looks phenomenal. Oh, my goodness. She, uh, Jada says, I found myself drinking two bottles of wine on the couch, and I said, Jada, I think we've got a problem here. And that was back in 2005. And she says, I had problems with alcohol, and I really had to get in contact with the pain, whatever that was. And then I had to get some other tools in how to deal with the pain. From that day on, I went cold turkey. I haven't had a drink since then. Amen. Amen. Naomi Campbell. We all know Naomi Campbell. She is the uh, model. And in a 2010 interview with the British Vogue, Naomi Campbell Campbell revealed that she struggled with addictions. She said first with cocaine and then with alcohol. She said the time was between 1998 and 2005 was especially bad. She said during that time I avoided looking in the mirror because I didn't like the person who was looking back at me. To be honest, there were times I thought I wouldn't survive. Well, amen. And uh, (laughs) she says, not drinking makes me a lot happier. Amen. Because not only did she survive, but she's healthy, she's strong, She's successful, and thanks be to God that she can tell the story. Nikki Minaj. Oh, so they say that Nikki Minaj hasn't spoken in depth about her sobriety journey, but she has uh, spoken. Briefly and a little, she said, you know, she uh, she was there. She was there. 
She said she used to be happy when she was high, but now she's happy that she's sober. She said she gives God thanks for just being on this side of sobriety. So, you know, those are just a few that, you know, said, hey, I love myself. And, you know, a lot of times, again, you know, these people have been struggling and we had no idea until it was like straight out of control and it was spilling out all over the place. And there have been so many more entertainers who have struggled with um, alcoholism, who have struggled with uh, drug abuse. And I remember, I, you know, you always heard about Bobby Brown, but you never knew that Ricky Bell, you know, another member of No Edition, was um, an addict either until they did the New Edition story. And he, you know, suffered that falling out and I believe a stroke. Bobby Brown was another one who had a stroke. You know, these people, they really, you know, struggled. And like I said, how many others have been in the limelight? Over and over and over again. You know who else, um, you know, uh, was in the limelight a lot, and boy, did he come a long way. Um, I can see his face. Oh, my goodness gracious. He plays Iron Man. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, was that a struggle for him. Charlie Sheen uh, struggled really badly with alcoholism. And, you know, again, the list goes on and on and on. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, I look at them and I just say, thank you, God, that it wasn't me. Because some of the things that I've been through, you know, I didn't fall victim to alcoholism or um, what do you call it, drug abuse, and some of these people have been through less, and they have struggled. How many of them struggled and lost their life? Somebody's sending me a name, I'm sure. Hold on. I know somebody's sending me the name. Ah, there we go. Robert Downey Jr., thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, you know, they always got me on the back end. Yeah, he, woo, did he struggle. And um, we've seen him come up. We've seen him come up, you know, out of that. And, you know, we love to see these people on TV, in the movies. We love to listen to their music. We have no idea what they go through. We have no idea what they've gone through and how many have we lost to this um, illness. You know, there's been this huge debate as to whether drug abuse is a disease. Some say yes, some say no. But here's the thing, whether it's a disease or not, we know that there is nothing God can't do. 
Isn't that fantastic? Isn't that a reason to say amen and hallelujah? That regardless of whether, you know, there's a there's a debate, you know, as to whether these people are really sick or not. And I, I have to say, I have not, I've read, um, I've read about it, I've read, you know, a little about, you know, the uh, the argument and the debate between whether this is a disease or not. And, you know, I'm sure that there are a lot of abusers who would say it's a disease, you know. I would love to, you know, get someone on, and I really want to, I've been after someone to get that conversation on a therapeutic Thursday so we could hear, you know, both sides of it. And I'm, I'm going to really, I was doing the research at one point and um, I'm going to, you know, go after it again, do the research and, and get, you know, that discussion going and see, you know, what we come up with. You know, because still I think at the end of the day, regardless of the debate or the argument, you know, I'm sure science says one thing, but, you know, you'll probably walk away with your own thought. But the Bible tells us to, you know, do our due diligence and research, you know, examine the facts, the Bible tells us. So we want to make sure, we want to make sure we do that. So we can understand now, listen, it could be a disease that you get on it, you know, because you do have that option, you know, unless, you know, you have like a DMX experience or somebody like that where, you know, you get it and then, you know, you're kind of there without somebody, you know, without you making the decision. We know people have definitely done that. You know, giving it to you. We just did a story on that the other day where a young kid, you know, gave it to someone else. And, you know, he laughed. Now he's in jail. You know, so we know that this life and this world is cruel. You know, people do things. And I remember crack was the only drug that they ever said. Once you took that first hit, that was it. That was it. You were out there. But again, look at what God has done with a many. With a many. So, let's keep our entertainers and, you know, artists, lift them up in prayer so we can, you know, see them on the other side of, you know, that fight and that struggle. All righty? All righty. Well, what are we talking about today? <sighs> I got some stories. I got some stories. Let's see. <sighs> we got this. Uh, we got this. This lady who really, 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 really made a big. I mean, a grave mistake. So, you know, when you are a counselor, when you're a doctor, 
you know, whatever, you know, you're a lawyer, you know, your clients are confidential. And uh, she didn't hold to that. So she's actually in a big, a whole heap of trouble. She pled guilty to a misdemeanor charge after investigators found out that she disclosed an 11-year-old girl's personal information that led to her rape. So this Natalie, 41, she's a, she was a school counselor and she was walking with her husband and they came across the young lady and she actually revealed to him that that was one of her clients and somehow or another he started doing some research and he got a hold to the young lady and he found her via TikTok as well as finding out some other information. Uh, but all through this wife and he ended up connecting with her he asked her to meet him and ended up raping her. And, <laughs> oh boy, he is a mess. He's facing 14 state charges related to child sexual abuse and dealing in materials harmful to a minor. Unfortunately, 11 of them were dropped in a plea deal. Are you ready for this? In a plea deal. He also faces federal charges relating to production of child pornography, coercion, and enticement. Now, as a part of her deal, she must avoid any further violations of the law, complete a 20-page essay on the obligations of maintaining patient confidentiality. She has to pay fees of $100 to the court and $150 to the Davis County Attorney's Office, complete 96 hours of community service, and submit to DNA testing. I don't know what that's about. And uh, during this time that she's going through all of this, she cannot be employed anywhere that she would work with minors under the age of 18. And I think she needs to just lose this job altogether. Forget about during this time. Well, first of all, again, you know, I don't know what the plea deal was between the husband and the courts, but a plea deal at all is just annoying to even think about. Come on. This was research he did. He didn't just stumble upon this young lady and just then coerce her. He did some research. 
you go out your way and then you decide to coerce her and then you decide to rape her? Nah. And you know what he said? I guess it started as just curiosity, like I want to see what this, this is all about. And so I looked up her videos, and you know the rest. That's what we say, and we get a plea deal. You know, we need to be praying for the court system if we're not already. We really do. We really, really do. I got a stupid story for you, but I'm going to hold on to that one when I think, when I see all of our men are on. But, um, because that, that's, that, that's a dumb, dumb uh, story. Let me see what else we got going on here. Well, we have a judge in Utah that is really annoyed, and I'm finally glad that somebody on the bench is annoyed. So there was a a, a shooting that took place, and this was really another heartless um, occurrence. So you have this young man, Daniel Aguilar, and he's now in court because he is <laughs> facing the fact that he shot and killed his 16-year-old girlfriend. They don't say that they had been arguing or whatever the situation is, but they say that the judge was extremely annoyed because when he was going for sentencing, you know, they, they have the ability to, you know, speak as a family and, you know, say what they need to say to and face their, you know, the, the, the family's killer. And and when he was speaking to this young man, he kept asking, you know, are there any regrets? Do you feel any kind of way? So he says, I acted impulsively, irrationally, out of anger, and I regret it every day of my life. So I guess that just wasn't enough for the judge. And, you know, he pressed him some more. And he says, I acted stupidly and out of anger. And the judge finally said, is that the best you can do? Because even the judge was saying that even when he was speaking, it just didn't seem like he was remorseful. He was saying certain words. But he wasn't remorseful at all in, I guess, the delivery. And the judge was, you know, I guess, listening to the family and looking at what happened. And they say that somehow or another, they got, he was upset with this young lady, drove her out to some remote area. Now, the girlfriend, the, 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 the young lady had a girlfriend who must have had a tracker on a girl's phone, drove out to where they were, spotted the the girlfriend's car, her girlfriend's car, and when the guy saw her, he shot at her. So she had to run pretty much for her life. He ended up shooting her in the leg, shattering her femur. 
And he went back to the young lady who was laying on the ground. And they say, however, she was wounded already. And he shot her point blank in the head. And her family was in the courtroom and had given their uh, testimonials. And the judge was just so annoyed. He ended up sentencing him to 25 years to life. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad. He was charged as an adult. He pled guilty to all five counts against him, including first-degree aggravated murder. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad somebody is tired of this nonsense. And nobody's giving no plea deal. Nobody's giving no, no, no passes. No one's giving any, uh, listening to any excuses. It was just, uh, he probably wouldn't have gotten to 25 to life if he seemed like there was some remorse, but there wasn't any. So, oh well, oh well, and oh well. <sighs> well, <laughs> so that I'm laughing at this other story that I can't wait to talk about. Well, Ladies, listen up, listen up, and listen up. There is a man out in California who is a pedophile, and he says that he intentionally targeted single mothers to date while molesting their children. Yes, this was his goal. 41-year-old David Wilson was dragged into, excuse me, uh, the the court where he um, had been chased down. They have been looking for him for over two years. And he, they found him hiding out in Monta- Montana, excuse me, and they say that he was like... <sighs> For years, he had been doing this. And they said it is unclear as to how many victims he has uh, targeted, but they know it's been multiple juveniles because multiple juveniles have come forward with many, many stories. This has been going on over several years, and... They said that they've had an arrest warrant for years, but they have not been able to catch up with him. He's been living a transient lifestyle, and now he faces 16 charges of child molestation, six counts of aggravated sexual assault of a minor, six counts of sexual acts with a child minor, a child under the age of 10, and four counts of lewd and lascivious acts with a child under the age of 14. He's being held on $6 million bail. If it weren't for the younger youngsters that came forward and told, they would not have been able to catch, you know, or even know that this is what he had been doing. So, ladies, please. Please, do you realize 16 charges? Now, that's only what they know. 
but they said they know it's much more than that. And God only knows if he still knows how many there are. But when he said that that was his goal, that was his goal, everybody, to make sure that he did this to connect with children to molest or rape? How many people did he... I mean, you think about it. What were you doing all... I mean, all... The, and remember now, you become more... You become better and better at this here. Yeah. Because if you studied this, meaning you studied the way people move, you notice that mothers do this, you notice that moms don't do that, you notice that moms do this, moms don't do that. Oh, you catch you catch this mama slipping over here, you catch that mama slipping over there. Oh, now you are all into it. This is your thing. Ladies, please, please keep your eyes open. Keep, please keep your eyes open. This man has, I mean, admitted to this. Alrighty, let's talk about this dumb dumb in prison. So, Alex Murdoch, I don't know how you pronounce his name, but we've all heard about him over and over and over again out in South Carolina. He he's been um, convicted. You remember he was the attorney who was convicted of killing his wife and child. Yeah. Well, he's in life. In life, he's. In jail, he's 55, serving a life sentence without parole for killing his wife and his younger son. And he's now facing charges that he stole millions from his law firm and clients. So here's the deal. So you know when you're talking to your attorney on the phone, they can't record you. And they can't listen because you know that they listen to your, um, you know, your conversations. You know, they record the conversations on the phone and, you know, each, each person gets their own PIN number. You make your phone calls. Your phone calls are recorded and periodically they listen to your phone calls, everybody's phone calls. Well, if you're talking to your attorney, you you can't listen to their phone calls. Why? Because, you know, those conversations are privileged, right? Right. So, Sir Alex has lost his phone privileges and he has lost his prison tablet computer after his lawyer recorded him reading his journal entries on a call for a documentary about his case. Now, this has been conversation that he was going to, like, write a book. He was going to make money from this documentary also about, you know, this whole case he's got going back and forth with whether he was going to be found guilty about this um attorney, you know, laundering this money he's been swindling from his, you know, clients, right? 
So then, so the judge, so the attorney is like, well, listen, that's attorney privilege. They were like, oh, excuse us, no, it's not. Now here's what this stupid old did. So <laughs> the warden had been listening periodically to the inmates' conversations. Well. So let me put it this way. Let, let's, let's put it this way. So since we'll use it for people you know. So Pastor KL is in jail. And he's running back and forth to court. So you can't listen to Pastor KL's phone conversations with his attorney. So they don't. They don't. Well... The warden was listening to Brother Al's conversation and heard Pastor KL's voice on Brother Al's account. So in other words, remember, everybody has to have their own password. So Brother Al has his password, so they plugged up his password, and the warden is listening to what he thinks is going to be uh, Brother Al's conversation, but yet it's Pastor Kiel's conversation, and that's no, no. That's a no, no. You are not allowed to call and use anyone else's password for your personal calls. So that's how they stumbled across uh, Pastor Kiel's conversations with his attorney. So they knew his voice, and they were like, uh, no, no, that's not supposed to be going on. So that was the first violation. Number two, you're not, a, you're not, you're not allowed to, out in California, you're not allowed to make documentaries if you're in jail serving time for that particular crime because they feel that the families might hear the documentaries and they don't think it's fair that if you've been found guilty for killing these people, now the family needs to hear and know you're making money off of their family and what you've done to their family. That's a no-no. So that was two things that he did and they were like, no. And not only that, you're not going to be in here making, planning to make money and you're serving time, now, even if it's not for that particular crime. Now, here's the thing. He hasn't been to court and they haven't sentenced him. He's waiting to be sentenced for this crime of um, the, the, what you call them, the, uh, the, the uh, court stuff with the, and the victims of this money laundering and and a drug ring. He's going back and forth to court because he's been charged with stealing from his family's law firm and helping run a drug ring to launder money. He so he <laughs> what also is on the table, so they say he asked a friend to kill him on the side of a lonely highway so his son could get $10 million in life insurance 
And unfortunately, the person he hired failed because when they shot at him, it only grazed his head. So he can no longer have phone privileges. He can no longer have his personal little tablet that they give you. So he's all messed up now. He's all messed up. And again, I laugh because you're a dum-dum. You know the rules, stupid. So now you do what you do, and now, bingo, you cannot use your phone. And they said if they find out that the uh, attorney is helping him set up documentary ability or anything else, he will not be allowed to speak to his client. So that means that the only time he'll be able to speak to his attorney is when they're on their way to court. What a dum-dum. Let's talk to our men and see what they got to say. Good morning, Pastor Vinny. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you? Oh, we are we are doing peachy keen down here in Florida. We had that. How's it going? Yeah. How's it going down The non-storm. <laughs> yes. What's going on? We had we had a non-storm. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Passed right by us. We got some rain, some thunder, a lot of lightning, and that's it. That's all she wrote. Thanks be to God. Wow. <laughs> Wow, wow. Well, thank God for that. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we're doing good down here. Uh, Pastor Brenda had her surgery. Yes, yes, uh, yes. She she is coping. (laughs) Okay, okay. She had had to confess to me. (laughs) You know, the many times she told me about, you know, uh, delivering our three sons by cesarean, and you know how they cut up wide and deep, and you know she said. Now she said, this pain with this knee is the worst pain I have ever had in my whole life. <laughs> really? Wow! She said that, that, wow, wow. that knee pain, that knee pain caught her, caught her one morning. But uh, wow. she's coping. Wow. She's coping. Okay. Well, giving God yeah. thanks that everything went okay with yeah. her procedure. Yeah. I've been uh, yeah. communicating via text, so I'm very happy Amen. to hear that. Amen. Um, Amen. Friend, well, thank you. Thank you for the update. Oh, ah. yeah. she, she might not have told you, but just before her surgery uh, began, there was a power. There was a power surge that knocked all the computers offline. Really? Now, you know, yes, most of the surgeries now, you know, the CT, the CT scan, you know, instructs the computers where to cut, how to cut, how deep to cut. And uh, all, all of those facilities were knocked off. So they had to reboot all the computers before her surgery was able to begin. And uh, I say thank God that ah. it didn't happen in the middle. That's right. That's right. Thank Look God it didn't happen in the surgery. Before. Right. Yeah. Well, thank God yeah. for that. We don't Amen. have any idea Amen. what God really um, keeps us 
from, you know, experiencing. We really don't know. And thank God, you know, how do we know that something wasn't glitched, you know, and that right. power knocked everything back into order. So mm-hmm. giving God yeah. for all that he does behind the scenes, the that we have no clue that he does. Amen. Yes, Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. God for that. Well, you know what? Yeah. Um Pastor Vinny, you walked right into our first story where we talked about, well, I talked about this California pedophile who admits that behind the scenes he was actually targeting women so that he could get to the children. And again, how many of us, you know, may have had a man that, you know, uh, had that on their mind, and God, you know, kind of got rid of him, you know, in another kind of way before he could even get to the kids. Or, you know, we can't yeah. say. We can't say. And, you know, right, right. we really have to, as women, we really got to be careful because he said he's charged with 16. 16. Now, wow. we don't know how others... You know, he's actually gotten to, but we know he's gotten to at least 16, all children, all children. So it's not like, you know, and and I know it sounds crazy, but, you know, when I say all children, meaning little people, little people underneath the age of 10. So, you know, what did, how many, what were you doing that you managed to get through all of these mothers pass all of these mothers to even get to their children oh my goodness gracious so you know take take a minute take a minute you know i like to do this every once in a while take a minute and just you know give a word of caution to our mothers out there who are dating as a pastor mm-hmm. you know we uh, we we as a society um, we we're going through a lot of a lot of different kind of pressures and 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 I say especially uh for the women I'm not saying that they're weak or, or whatever but at, at some points they are they are vulnerable and they don't get they don't they you know uh, we we know young ladies right here in Daytona. If, if they don't have a man on their arm, they don't feel they have any value. And 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 it doesn't it doesn't matter who he is. One young girl, uh, Pastor Brenda and I were uh, very friends with her family, and uh, we saw her grow up from nothing. And um, she said, "Oh, I have a new boyfriend." And she, she we said, "Oh, really?" This this young lady was so nice. Oh, I have a new boyfriend. Oh, really? Well, who is he? Because our sons know most of the kids out here in, in Daytona. And when she said the name, our jaws dropped. <laughs> and we told her, we told her mother, <laughs> said, "Listen, this guy is no good. You know, there's wisdom." Of, there's, there's, there's good counsel amongst many witnesses. We let the mother know this guy is no good. 
he just wanted this young lady because she had, she was working for herself and she got a car and now he saw access to a vehicle. Wow. And uh, he saw, you know, but but we if we don't talk about it, if we don't if we don't talk about it, if we these you know back back in the day when we were growing up, the pastors really uh, kept close to the single mothers. Because they okay. knew that they were vulnerable. Mm. You know, just a, a few, you know, soft, silver, silver tongue uh, words could, could, you know, really take their heart and, and, and lead them to where they think that, well, you know, maybe I can get rid of some of this loneliness. I could have a friend. I could have somebody I can depend upon. Listen, the only person that we could depend upon is Jesus. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, no matter how, you know, somebody say it, it, it sounds so corny, I tell you, I'll take that corny eight days a week. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, he's, he's the one that protects us. You know, when we think, you know, that we're at the end of our rope, when we think that, you know, uh, nothing is working in my life, and maybe this one person could do it. No, because you 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 give up all the marbles. You give yeah. up all the marbles, and then you have nothing but a heartache. Yeah, yeah. Nothing and but heartache. This, no, and and in this particular um, instance, uh, Pastor Vinny, is more than your personal heartache that's at stake. Mm-hmm. So we really yeah. got to make sure, you know, that we really are mindful of this when we are bringing people around our children. Thank you so much Absolutely. for joining us this morning, uh, Pastor Vinny. We're going to go and see what Brother Al has to say about this thing. Hey, Amen. Brother Al, good morning. Chop, chop of the morning. Chop, chop of the morning. Pastor Vinny, I'm glad. <laughs> Your wife is doing better. May God continue to Thank heal your body and everything Amen. and everything. Oh, yeah. Thank you, my brother. Uh, all right, Brother Al, we're talking about these women who are, you know, out here dating, and now their children are vulnerable and subject to the pedophile that she could be involved with. We have this this guy who is a known pedophile and he is known he brags about targeting women who have children because that's his ultimate target not her but the kids what are we saying to these ladies out here speak directly to the ladies what are we talking about here ladies 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 you have to pay attention you have to especially when you have children you got to get out of being selfish, I always say that's being selfish because you're just looking at that, hey, you know what, I want a man, I got me a man, I'm going, but what about your children? How, how is this man around your children? You know, do your children even like this man? You know, get to know him. Everybody is in so much of a rush. You know, um, I remember I had dated a, a young lady who had two daughters, and I wasn't looking at them nowhere near that, but I just didn't feel like being around them. You know, it, it was... It was their father was not in their life at all. So when I came around 
I, you know, I, I treated them nice. I took them to the park. But I just felt awkward because they were getting so close to me. And I was like, I kind of don't like this. <laughs> you know, I just felt awkward about it. So you have to know, know a person's background, especially if you bring them around your children. It was always a no-no for me if I met a woman and immediately she wanted me to meet her children. I'm like, well, I don't even know you. You don't even know me, but you want me to meet mm -hmm. your children. And one woman told me, oh, but you know, all the kids love you. You get along with kids. It doesn't matter. I don't know you and you don't know me. So I run for the hill. So if so women, please check that man's background. See what's going on with him. And even when he around your children, look at how he looks at your children. You know, some people skip that. You know, and listen to your children. Your children come to you and say, Mom, this guy looking at me in the wrong way or this or that. Mm -hmm. Open your ears and listen. I've seen where women accuse their daughters. Where you put on that tight stuff to entice my man. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. You know, so please check that man's background. Put your antennas up when that man is around your children if you decide to bring him around. Find out his background. Protect our children. Absolutely, Brother Al, absolutely. You know, um, I'm looking here, and, you know, again, I wanted to make sure I had that number right, 16 charges of child molestation. This is serious. This is serious. Let's talk to Pastor KL. Thank you so much for joining us today, Brother Al. Let's see what Pastor KL has to say. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you today? I am well, thanks. How are you? I'm well as well, thank you. Good, good, good. You know, I'm looking at these counts here, and you've got six counts of aggravated sexual assault of a minor, six counts of sexual acts with a child under the age of 10, and four counts of lewd and lascivious acts with a child under the age of 14. So you can see who he was targeting, you know, as far as children. You can see what his goal was. And, you know, you, you really got to think about the fact that, you know, he really must have really had these women's nose open in order to get to their children. What are you saying to the ladies today, Pastor KL? Well, I'm saying a couple of things. Um, one thing is, you know, I've also say, you know, women think that a piece of man is better than no man at all. Yeah. But you have, to be you have to be comfortable being by yourself. You know, a lot of times we get out of relationships and because we've been in long-term relationships, we don't know how to be alone. So we want to jump into another relationship. You know, the old folks used to say that I'm happy with Jesus alone. You know, you, you, you've got to find who you are first before you jump into to any relationships. And a lot of times because we're so lonely, we will accept anything. Because even negative attention is better than no attention at all. So, so we will even accept the negative attention. The other thing I would say is that you know your daughters. You know your children. You know their, their behavior and their mannerism. If their mannerism begins to change, you should begin to question that. Why is this happening every time he's around? You know, there, there are certain things that, 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 that you can detect because this is your child. You know your child. 
You know, so so when things begin to change or begin to look a different way or the children are saying something, and listen, when you start off with this is Uncle Tommy, you've already played yourself. You know, this is not my uncle. You know, so so when, when you're trying to have this facade that now he's part of the family, then, then Uncle Tommy is doing whatever Uncle Tommy wants to do. You know, you've already created an alias for this man. You know, so so we 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 have to be okay with being alone sometimes. You know, we group. Everybody ain't, ain't, ain't a stepdaddy material, so you need to understand that too. So you know, once you once you see the signs, then then I think you'll be better off. You know, amen to that, men. Everything you all have said, you know, really has it's nailed you know, what we should be thinking about. You know, I, I just, in my head, I'm saying to myself, all right, he's only 41 years old. He's mm-hmm. only 41 years old. And already they found 16 victims. So I say to myself, well, how quickly did he have access to these children to be able to get through so many as a victim, like what in the world happened? And again, you know, I agree. You know, this is Uncle So and So, and this is no. You, there's no way in the world my children have never met an uncle that wasn't in this family. Mm-hmm. Never. Hey, hey, Pastor Steph, Pastor Steph, yes, I could comment also to say to the men. You know, I, I'm listening to what you're saying, and he got he was able to get so close so fast because women love when their children like their boyfriend. Oh, yeah. They, they, they love yeah. it. Oh, well, my child likes him, you know. And men, I don't want to say something to the men because, like I said, I've been through that issue of dating someone who had daughters, you know. Um, and sometimes the men say, okay, you know what, I want to impress her. So, you know what, her father's not around, so I'm going to do all the father things because her father's not there. Stop doing that. You know, gradually get to know this woman, gradually get to know her children. You know, you get men jump right in. Oh, what happened? Oh, she's upset because her father don't come see her or take her to the movie. So automatically, well, you know what? I'm going to take her to the movie tomorrow. I'm going to go do this and that. Stop doing that. You know what I'm saying? Relax yourself and get to know both of them before you do any of that stuff and, and, and move forward. So that's a mistake that men make who, who are even not into trying to molest the children. They just trying to impress the mother so much they move you know, just like um with the late, the young lady I was dating, you know, they, she asked me, her kid, what what should they call you? They can call me Mr. Al. Ain't no Uncle Al, ain't no Papa Al. Hey. Call me Mr. Al. You know what I'm saying? Hey. And that's the that's the, the thing that I said. And her daughter got so close, I remember one time I was sitting down, I came and she was out and she came in. She said, Oh Mr. Al, how you doing? And she came and she jumped and sat on my lap. And I moved my leg and she fell to the floor. She said, what happened? And I, and, you know, and I was just, I said, listen to me. I said, you never sit on a man's lap, okay? I said, that's something a young lady doesn't do. And she's like, oh, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Because the kids, especially if their parent is not involved, they get close. And they, they want that father figure. And you're supplying it, but you have to be careful with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Brother Al, this is something that I've always said. And, you know, sometimes people take offense, and I really I really could care less. 
And one of the things that mm-hmm. I've always said is even fathers, uncles, grandpas, please don't allow that. Now, you might be grandpa, dad, and uncle. However, for the sake of the child, because what happens is you become comfortable, period. And I've seen that. You know, she's sitting on grandpa's lap. When I tell you, it's like my brain feels like it wants to burst. My eyes want to pop out. I I have to get up and leave the room because it is so... It, it, it drives me crazy, and I understand you might be uncle, you might be dad, you might be grandpa, but no is no. If you don't start the process, then she'll always know. No, even boys. Even, you can't even trust your boys now. You know, no, mm-hmm. just no. The answer is no, I don't care. No, and, and I know it, it, it sounds weird. It sounds like I'm the father. What do you mean I can't? Because it, 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 you're not going to be around that child all the time. And why are we ha- forcing ourselves to say, now listen, I'm dad, so you can sit on my lap, and that's Uncle Tommy. You can sit on his lap, and that's Grandpa Joe. You can sit, But don't sit on cousin. Don't sit on this one. Just know. No, no. It ain't going to be something that she she going to die or he going to die from. Just no. Just no is no. This way you don't have to give no whole bunch of rules and regulations because now we're raising our children. We have to give them a whole list of regulations before they even get into kindergarten. So just don't do it. Just in and simply just don't do it again. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to kill a child. Just know that you're protecting the children going forward, The period. It, it, right. it shouldn't be about you know, personal feelings and all of this kind of stuff. You'll live. You'll live. You'll manage. Right. You'll manage. Hey, you know, uh, you know, Pastor Steph, just real, just real quick. I'm sorry, Pastor Steph. Just real quick, one thing that I want to throw in there, something that drives me absolutely insane. And, um, it's kind of the same topic still on with the children. When you're traveling, this has happened so many times. When you're traveling, and just say you're going down south or whatever, and you're driving on the highway, and you stop, you stop at a, a um, what you call it, a restroom place. You know, one of the big restroom places you can get food, use the bathroom. This is one of the rest areas. That's what it's called, the rest area. And what drives me crazy, you go, I'm in the restroom. So, of course, they know there's a lot of people. There's a lot of urinals, everything. You got all these men in here using the bathroom. And here comes this one man walks in with his daughter, holding her hand, and she's walking. And I'm looking like, bro, why are you bringing this little girl in the men's bathroom? You know, that, wow. I see that so much, and it drives me insane. And and, and I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm standing up against the urinal, me and several other men. And this man walks in, holding his daughter's hand. She's walking. And she's just walking around looking, and he think, and he takes her in the store. That is not okay. That, wow. I don't understand why wow. people think that is okay. I've seen it so many times, and I don't understand why people think that is okay. You watch, she, she, you think she's a little girl, she's not knowing. I mean, of course she's not knowing what's going on, but why is she walking that you got this little girl walking here while all these men standing up against the urinal? You know, you know wow. what I'm saying? And you can't go because once, once you start letting it go, you got to finish. So you, you know, like you just say, oh, little girl, let me stop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, wow. that, I just, as we was talking, that just came out my mind. That drives me insane. And I see, I hate going to rest area. I try to go in there and go quick and get out because these people do that. And I, don't, I just don't understand it. I, I never even knew that that happened. Now, I know 
the women oh. will bring little boys in the bathroom. And I'm sorry, and they're not always so little. So I'll have a problem with that. But I had no idea that, you know, there yeah. were it was happening in the opposite. I had no no yeah. wow, wow, wow. At least you women are in the stall. We're in the wide open. I'm like, wow, because I can't even imagine that would be an option. I mean, you would do better just asking, you know, a woman to take, you know, or at least go. You don't have to go in the store with her, but at least let her go in the bathroom and you stand outside. I can't even imagine taking a child, mm-hmm. a, a young girl, into a male's bathroom. That that never even is. Oh, yeah. That's what crossed my mind. I see that a lot. If I travel and go, I see it all the time, and it drives me insane. I'm looking at him like, really? All these, seriously? I, I want to jump wow. on him so bad. Wow. That, that's, that's a good and it's all, and, and just for the record, it's always the other side of the fence. I've never seen outside of the fence do that. Always the other and, side of the fence. No. <laughs> you let Big Mama find out you didn't took her. Y'all traveling, you didn't took her in the men's room. <laughs> You'll never be the same again. You'll never be the same. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you'll never, you'll never had, see that child again. You'll never do that. Mama, find out that you took her, you know, y'all were traveling, and your only recourse was to take her into the men's room. You'll never have her again. You know, so unfortunately, my my mind goes to, is that really his child? And that's the scary part because you really can't you know, determine you know, whether that happens or not. But you know what? Again, there's a whole lot more for us to pray for than we even think. Yeah. You know, and, and this stuff mm-hmm. happens. And that's the sad part. That's the sad part. This stuff is real. You can't make this stuff up. Yeah. You can't make this stuff up. You know, I, 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 I yes. Hi, I don't mean to interrupt. But in, in, yeah. in today's age, you know, with the internet and the ability to search out people and, and, and find out what they're about. And, you know, there's really very little excuse. <laughs> because if you got a record and you have a court situation, you, you want to pay for someplace. It's true. It's true. You want, you, you want to pay for someplace. And we owe, it, we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to our children to find out exactly who we bring into their life. You're right. You're absolutely right, Pastor Vinny. There's no, you know, you, and, and not only that, what's wrong with keeping your business on the outside of the house? I, I, mm-hmm. I don't understand mm-hmm. that. I raised three girls. Why you can't mm-hmm. keep your business until the out, to the, on the outside of the house? You do That's what right. you need to do. That- and you come home, and it's you and your kids. Why is this right. where, you know, this is a free-for-all? Because there are some people, and there are men and women, who cannot stand to be alone. They cannot yeah. stand to be alone. Every time you turn around, as soon as she or he break up, they go to the next one. As soon as he or she yeah. break up, they go to the next one. And unfortunately, mothers... We don't really have that luxury of bringing, you know, the child, the, the, the man in front of the child, a new man in front of the child, a new man in front of the child, because you don't know what 
you're exposing them to, like like the men are saying. You've got to be extremely careful about what mm-hmm. you're doing. And like Pastor Vinny, we've got too much out here to do our research. Because let me tell you something. If they go, let me tell you, there's a case of a young man who has a record now. Uh, he's on the sex offender registry because Y'all talk about going behind a a car or pulling up to a tree. That's exactly what Mm -hmm. he did. And he wasn't wasn't far Mm -hmm. enough from a school. And now he's on the sex offender registry because nobody told him he couldn't pull it out and pee. And now he's on Mm -hmm. And I meant to bring Shanti's brought that up when we were talking a few weeks ago about this issue of, you know, what do you do when you're a man and you got to go to the bathroom? Well, the answer to that is end up on the sex offender registry because he's sure sitting wow. out there for that very reason. So, in other words, the point I'm trying to make is to, 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 to go with you, Pastor Vinny. If you pull his name up, his name is on the sex offender registry. There's also a young yeah. man that I know who is on a sex offender registry because yeah. he was dating someone. He the uh, he didn't know that she was with somebody. The guy walked in, and she lied and said that he raped her. So now yeah. he had to, ended up being arrested, going to court. He's on the sex offender registry, and when you type in his name, guess what? Voila, the picture pops up. So yeah. like you said, Pastor Vinny, all you got to do, what's your name? Blah, 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 what's blah, blah. Name? If they are out there. Their name and their picture is going to pop up. So you have no excuse, like you said, Pastor Vinny. It's no, out there. No. It's out yeah. there. There's, and, and they're out there for small reasons. So that's why mm-hmm. we're bringing you know, these, these, um, these two instances up, because now they're, because of something stupid, they're now in sex offender registry, and every time you type in their name, their picture, oh, my God, the picture and the name. Pulls up, and I'm like, oh my god, this is what you got to go through for the rest of their life. Yeah, because you don't come off those registries. You don't yeah. come off those registries. So you're right, Pastor Vinny. You, all you got to do is do yeah. your research, and and if it's out there, you'll find it. So, come on, ladies, we got to be a lot smarter than we are. Yeah. There's yeah. A, 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 an article that I came across, and I really wanted to talk about this today. We <laughs> So the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, is suing the Indiana Department of Corrections on behalf of a transgender inmate, Jonathan C. Richardson, also known as Autumn Cordellion, who was convicted of strangling his 11-month-old stepdaughter to death in 2001. Now, here's the deal. She's, she's originally a woman, but she's now a transgender inmate. She's in jail prior to being arrested. She served, she's serving a 55-year-old prison, a 55-year prison sentence for reckless homicide. And prior to being arrested, he was getting female hormones 
and testosterone blockers. Ended up getting arrested and now is applying for a pretty much a sex change. Now, right now, they're already giving this inmate, um, well, I got it backwards. I got it backwards. They're giving him panties, makeup, and form-fitting clothing. So he's a man who's turning into a woman. I got that mixed up. I got it backwards. I said it backwards. So now he's applying for a gender-affirming surgery. So they're like, no, you're not getting this um, surgery. And they say that he's identified as a woman ever since the age of six. And (laughs) they are now fighting and in this lawsuit to get this person this sex change. Now, what do you think? Should they give him the sex change? They're saying that the sex change can take anywhere from 10000 to $150,000. They're saying that it's not necessary. They don't feel as though uh, the... the uh, Taxpayers' money should go to this particular surgery because at the at the end of the day, it's um, optional. But the ACLU was saying it's not optional because this has been uh, what he's been going through since the age of six years old. They're also bringing up the fact that. Why of why he's in jail, and they're saying that there's no remorse. Remember earlier we were talking about the remorse, and they're saying that when one of the first officers asked why are you in here, they said, or he said, I'm in here for murder. The next time someone asked, I guess maybe they gave a little more information when they were talking, so that like to indicate that they knew a little bit more. And he stated, "Well, I'm in here because I killed the little F and B." Hmm. So there's all of that going on. Absolutely not. They're not doing it. So now they're in this big battle that yes, it should be done. No, we're not doing it. Brother Al, what's your thought? If you had to vote, what would be your vote? Oh, most definitely he's not getting it done. <laughs> you know. Um I don't know what the debate is. You know, I, I don't I don't I don't understand what the debate is. You know, you didn't did a crime and the reason you in, the reason that you are in prison is because of you know, to uh give you punishment for what you have done. And if that's what you want so bad, that's even more punishment. No, you're not getting that done. You got no remorse. You're like, yeah, you know, you bragging about, it. yeah, I killed the little so-and-so. Like, you serious? Like, no, my vote is absolutely not. All right. 
Now, before we go to you, Pastor Vinny, they were saying that what does it matter that why you why you in the jail? And they kind of brought up the same thing that Brother Al just said. Listen, you're in jail. You're, you're punished. You're not. There's no remorse for what you did. You know, all of that counts. All that stuff counts. And the ACLU was saying, why should that count? What What would be your vote? I'm with I'm with uh, Brother Al. Um, you know this 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 whole issue, and I'm not homophobic or or none of that stuff. But people people wake up one morning and they want this, and they wake up another morning and they want this. You know, today is bacon, tomorrow is ham and eggs, and and, and these things are irreversible. Uh, we don't even want to start talking about the uh, the drain on on on, on the uh, the people's taxes tax money. Uh, you know, we we were created. We were, I believe, we were created in God's image. I believe that uh, we we are who we are, and and when we when we dig deep enough, we find find out that even a lot of uh, you know, the trans folks and even uh, gay and lesbian folks, somebody somebody interfered with this child at some point. Somebody turned their, their mind against what was normal. Um, you know, they, they you know, it, it, it's for me, it's a no. For, there are just so many, um, so many different obstacles in the way so many different agendas, and and for what? Just to satisfy a temporary situation. Okay. I you know, I don't know whether I'm clear or not, but uh, there is just there is just so much that that um you know, I was I was talking to my son about it. He said you know most of these things happen when these kids are like teenagers. He said. They need to be a full 25 years old before any kind of surgery or anything like that should be allowed. But for me, in, in, in my situation, I'm a no. All righty, all righty. Pastor no. KL, you know, the, the argument of the ACLU is, hey, from six years old, he's been locked up in the opposite gender's body. He's been um, identifying as a girl since he was a child. It shouldn't matter why he's in jail or what he said to the prison guard when he asked, what what does that have to do with it? Go ahead and pay for this, um, this, uh, this surgery because it's an emotional thing for this, for this individual. What would be your vote? Well, my vote definitely is no. But I, I look at it from a lot of lot of things. Whatever that organization is, it, it's it's a natural organization. 
So spiritually, you know, so, so you say naturally he's been caught in this body since six years old. So the way I see it is from six years old, you needed deliverance. You needed some type of intervention from six years old. Some, someone dropped the ball, you know, from six. Because at six years old, you don't know what you like and what you don't like. Sometimes I like peas. Sometimes I like spinach. You know, but, but, but you know what? My parents used to tell me, sit at the table until your spinach is gone. So, so, so that's a form of deliverance. You're going to sit there until you like spinach. You know, so, so now we're saying we're trapped in this body since, since I was six years old, and no one thought that might have been a problem. Second now, you're in jail for a crime, so you're punished. First of all, I'm paying for you to be in jail. Now you want mm-hmm. to pay for you to have an operation. So, so mm-hmm. now you're, you're being punished and you're being rewarded at the same time. There's something going on with our system. You know, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to go to jail. Now, had you been outside, you couldn't afford this procedure. But you want me to pay for it after you've done a crime. Mm-hmm. No, my vote is no. no All righty. Now, here's the kicker. Last year, the ACLU won a case against the Federal Bureau of Prisons on behalf of a transgender woman who was imprisoned for threatening to use a weapon of mass destruction. (laughs) So they're saying that, hey, if that one was... Asked for threatening to use a weapon of mass destruction, and we won that one, then, hey, we should be able to win this one because it shouldn't matter, you know, why you're in jail. It shouldn't matter how much time you're spending in jail. You know, you know, we, we really... I think it boils down to more than just the mm-hmm. fact that you're transgender or what your you know this this particular surgery is. If this is not a life-threatening surgery, mm. you know why are we even? I don't care what it is. It doesn't matter to me transgender. And I'll go into it more when I when I do my closing. But it shouldn't matter more of um, who it is other than the surgery itself. So there's an Indiana attorney who says, listen, the the hardworking residents don't want their tax dollars going toward things that benefit their family or their state as a whole, not surgeries to reverse inmates' God given gender. This is what is quoted as being said. And again, there's this battle of God given gender on the table. And I think Pastor KL kinda of touched on it when he said, you know, this you know, this is a, a battle that, you know, we're going through I think Pastor Vinny you touched on it where, you know, like today you're one thing, tomorrow you're the next thing. And, you know, we see how people 
drop in and out of these, you know, you're bisexual, then you're transgender, then you're this, then you're that. And we've seen, we've seen this in the news, we've covered this in the news, where, you know, now they're adding on this, I'm binary and I'm this and I'm that and I can go either way. You know, years ago, it was just very simple. Either you were a straight person or you wanted someone of the opposite sex. Now we've gotten so far out there, and I'm not talking about good, bad, right, wrong, and difference. I'm just talking about what it is. Now there is now there are new things. That's why it's not just LGBTQ. It's IA and all of this stuff here because it keeps getting extended. And my question is, if we keep going with these extensions, where does it stop, and what do we say about the prison? system because my thought is all right i've been in surgery a many a times pastor vinnie just got finished talking about pastor brenda going for surgery there's aftercare i'm sorry mm-hmm. so that's why it can go from ten thousand to hundred and fifty thousand because now we've already like pastor chaos said we're already taking care of you now we have to pay for surgeries you're already getting a lot more than homeless people are getting. So now you are now asking people to pay for these uh, surgeries and then the extended care or all of the – no. What are we going to be doing next? So, you know what, I think it's not enough, you know, that – you know, you're in jail and we're already paying for you. But I think what happens with this um, issue of what did you do to get in jail is bad enough you mm-hmm. in there and we're paying for you and you didn't just killed an innocent child and you don't even care about the fact that you killed an innocent child. But now we should care about you and how you're going through this. And like I said, we're not talking about a life-threatening you know, your your gallbladder gall needs to be removed or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I think we really need to pay attention to all of this. Thank you so much, gentlemen, today for your contribution into today's uh, contribution, and we pray you have a blessed day. Prayers for Pastor Brenda that her um, her healing continues and that pain is you know, decreased greatly. All right. Enjoy Amen. your weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Well. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank God you. bless Thank you, brother. You. All righty. Oh, my goodness. All right. We're going to take this time right now to hold hands and hold hearts and go before the Lord. Uh, all right. Heavenly Father, God, thank you. Thank you for allowing us to be on this side of the grave today, enjoying your day, saluting you as the first movement of our day, God, just giving us the health, the strength, and the life to even be able to say yes to your will, yes to your way, and answer your call. Heavenly Father, as we've talked about so many different situations, God, we we ask you, God, to just cover this earth, 
as we're talking about um, children being victimized, dear Heavenly Father, for the negligence of their parents. And, Lord, there's a war. We know that there's a war against our children. We have never heard of uh, just this back-to-back victimizing of our children, dear Heavenly Father. And, God, we ask that you just raise us up. Raise us up as men and women to cover our children, God. They don't ask to come here. We're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, to protect them in a special way, but it begins with us. They can't protect themselves. They're either dying to gun violence, they're dying to victimization of pedophiles and all type of abuse and mistreatment. And dear Heavenly Father, Again, we ask you to just raise up everybody around them so that we would be their eyes and their ears, God, even from their very parents. We ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to be with the pedophile. We ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to just help them understand that they have a problem and that they need help, that it would not be okay To victimize And God we understand that Not everyone but a lot of them God will victimize themselves So they need help Because they don't need To be They don't have to be this way God We're asking you God To just cover even them We're not forgetting That maybe they were once A victim to Heavenly Father We're asking you To just help to quiet what's inside of them, God, that they would not just understand that they need the help, but that they would go after the help, that they would find you, dear God, and that they would submit and surrender themselves to you. God, we're going to ask you to be with uh, the murderers that we talked about, God, that whatever happened that caused them whether it was internal, external, it doesn't matter, God. But again, we're handing them over to you because the, the judges have seen there's no remorse. How does a child kill and there's no remorse, God? Only you. Only you can touch a life to that degree. And we're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, to protect even them as they're in jail, that they're not murdered, but that they could get the help that they need, that you would have an opportunity to come into their life and that they can make the change that they need, God. Just because they're in jail, it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. It can continue. They can continue to get the healing that they need, God. But again, God, whether it's a pamphlet, whether it's a word, whether it's a billboard, whatever it is, God, that catches their attention, that helps them to understand that they need a Savior in their life today, not in a couple of weeks, not when they get themselves together today, right now, right now that they would say yes to your will And yes to their way, your way for their life, God. Lord, we have 
uh, for the victim into this world, God, from way back when, before we were even born. But we thank you, God, for sending your son so that we can have an opportunity, that we can have the right, we can accept Jesus as our personal Savior. Thank you for that option. Thank you for introducing yourself to us, God, where we know that we have that option and we won't continue to turn our backs. We won't continue to turn away. We won't continue to run. But that we would accept your offer. Thank you, God. Thank you for the due time crew, God, who wake up with the determination and with the mind to serve your people. And we ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to bless each and every one of their lives so that they could continue to grow and they could continue to improve and they could continue to show the love that we can continue to talk about these things and give a word of advice that's biblical, a word that comes from you, a word to show that we're different and the fact that we've accepted your will and your way has made the difference in our lives, and there's nothing you can't do for them. We ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to continue to heal Pastor Charlene, continue to heal um, uh, Pastor Brenda, touch on their bodies, dear Heavenly Father. Let them continue to acknowledge you in their journey of healing, We thank you, God, for bringing them through whatever the procedure is that you've covered their lives. Thank you, Father, that they're a part of our ministry. We thank you, God, for loving us in a special way and in only a way that you can. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Um, um, Sometimes when I read these, These news stories I'm speechless You know It's almost like Rights Have been Taken Way too far Everybody has A right And I guess rights are subjective Like anything else But What we talk about this particular issue of of inmates and what their rights are. We know that people have spent many years, sometimes a couple of decades in the prison system, and they were wrongfully accused by a jury, not even by one person, but a jury has unanimously found them guilty, and they were not guilty at all. And they've spent so many years and and imagine all the rights that they've been denied because they have spent time behind bars. When you come to a situation like this where the person, there is no remorse. The person admits to what they've done. And, you know, we... You know, there's always somebody who'll be in the background and say, oh, you know, well, you know, the, the Central Park 
they admitted to it too, but they were guilty. We're not talking about that. We're talking about people who are actually guilty. And in this particular case, someone who has taken the life of an 11-month-old child, an innocent individual, I find it ironic that you want your rights to be honored when the right for a little life didn't matter. They don't say why, uh, you know, he, she killed this um, little little uh, child. They just say that the wife had an 11-month-old daughter and they were responsible for that death. And here you are. You want... You want some special treatment. Now, I find it ironic also that they claim since you were six years old, you've been experiencing something. You've lived in this body. Well, here's what I I say. Well, I can't tell you how you feel. I, I can't tell you whether you felt like you were born a boy and you really were a girl on the inside or you were born a girl and you really... Felt like a boy in the inside. I can't tell you how you felt. I can't tell you if it's real. I can't tell you if it's fake. I can't tell you somebody put it in your head. I can't tell you that. But what I can say is, from a child, you have felt something that you felt was exceptional, but yet you would take a child's life. You felt that you've been living this way from a, as a child. From a child's age, you've been living this age, but age, uh, this lifestyle, but yet you would take a child's life and you would feel no remorse for it. To me, that cancels out anything you would ever want, ever. Fifty-five years is what um, this person has been sentenced to, and you would send, you would spend fifty-five miserable years in other states. You would have been sentenced to death. But you were spared that in this particular state you're in. So you would spend every bit of those 55 years. There would be no time or possibility of parole or anything like that. They say that they're eligible to actually get out in 2027. The earliest possible release date is December 2027. Now, here's the thing. You've already been given the possibility of parole because if you are, let me see how old they say this person is. I don't even know if they, 50, yeah, no, 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 it's 55 years. I don't know how old you are, but however old you are, that ain't no 55-year sentence you've lived out. If you can get out as early as 2027. So you know what? Wait it out. Wait it out. Wait out till that 2027. See if you get that parole, and then you work your way in to that surgery. You've already been. If you are able to get out in 2027, then you would have already been given another chance in life. Then go ahead and live it as you wish. Whether you want to get a sex change, whether you want to do anything else with your life, it doesn't matter to me. 
It doesn't matter what this, 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 this surgery is. This surgery is optional. You'd have to function the best way possible. It wouldn't even, I wouldn't even entertain. There are people who are in the system who go through literal emergencies, whether they're guilty or not. If you were found guilty of killing this 11-month-old child and, and your appendix ruptured or, or something like that, then by all means, yes. I wouldn't even be like some of the prison guards, oh, let them die. No, no, this is something that happens to your body. Go ahead, give them that or her that, that, that surgery. But nothing that it could even be... Um, that would even appear as though it's optional. No, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that at all. You're in jail. You are in here to be punished, and punishment you shall receive. It doesn't matter what the surgery is if it's not life-threatening. And this might be more to your comfortability might make life easier for you, but it is not life-threatening. Now, somebody might raise the fact, well, what if they're suicidal? Then you know what? Because this is still something that we can't see and you're in jail, then I'm sorry. Then we're going to have to go with that one. You might be upset. You may not agree, and I, I receive that. But at the end of the day, that's what we're going to have to go with. You did not give that child an option to live. I refuse to allow you to live at your comfortability. What happens to the comfortability of the woman's child? You just got finished taking she you just got finished taking this woman's life. And upon being asked the question, Oh yeah, well I did I I guess I did kill a blankety blank. Nah, you stay right there. You stay right there and you live your life as comfortable or as uncomfortable as you wish. And then I'll I'll see you on the other side of maybe 2027. And then you go out here and you get some health insurance or you let the ACLU raise your money that you're going to need, that $10,000 to $150,000. What happens when something happens during surgery and that goes wrong. Now, do we now have to maintain your life? All the subsurgeries that need to be received because something went wrong. Do we send you to the best facility? Now you have to stay in the hospital. No, no, no. Because after a surgery like that, they can't take that person back to the jail. So now you're in a hospital. Now you're getting extra care. No, you must be out of your ever-loving mind. We are going to care for you like this, and you just got finished murdering an innocent child? Nah, you work out every bit of them feelings, every bit of that experience. Yo, you know what? Here's the thing. You were already starting the pro- and see that's the ACLU's argument. They had, that that they had already started the process before they ended up going to jail. Well, guess what? You didn't think about the fact that you were going to kill this child, and you would possibly go to jail, which would end all of that 
medication and stuff you were getting to help your transformation. You didn't care about that, so I should care about it now? No, no. Even whether you spontaneously killed this child or not, you're going to have to eat every one of that, every bit of that decision, and that's how that would go down. So, you know, unfortunately, you have all of these agencies and things like this that are working on your defense, you know, to get these and advocate for you. And I I really wish there was someone who could have advocated for this 11-month-old little girl or little boy at the hands of this individual. I couldn't even consider asking for your help after you did such a heinous thing. I'm sorry. No. 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 You know, a few years ago, I said on the air, this is why we need Jesus. And this is exactly why we need Jesus. Every day I close and say, give your life to the Lord right now. Because later it's not promised to you. You don't want to ever go down. You die like this right now. You die. Let's say for argument's sake, somebody kills you because you killed that 11-month-old child. So right now, instead of you trying to get your life together and work out why you killed this child, this is this is what you do. This is this is where you focus on. Then you know what? Then if the answer is no, the answer is no. Come on, people. Let's get our lives together. Let's refocus. Let's let's focus on the things that matter. Let's focus on just being rehabilitated and 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 facing the things that we've done, asking God for forgiveness and working out you know a better relationship with the Lord. And keep, let's let's keep these people lifted in prayer. Let's follow through on our pray for them. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my Due Time crew the men for sending us into a thought-provoking weekend. Thank you for hanging out with us all week and helping us do what we do. Please, again, please give your life to the Lord right now while you have the opportunity. Please, please strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now while you have the opportunity because later is not promised to any of us. Until Monday, God spares, where we'll be shaking the Monday morning blues. Oh, wait a minute. Monday is a holiday. Well, we're off on Monday to give the due time crew a rest. We'll talk on Tuesday, God spares, where it's Let's Talk About It Tuesday, Church Folk Day. Until then, I love you.
With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 